Hey, my beauties. Enjoying this podcast? Head over to the Anchor app and leave us a voicemail and tell us how you really feel, as well as any ideas you have for future episodes. Would you like to leave a review? Head on over to our other platforms. You can reach us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Ordinary women doing extraordinary things is just what we do. Alchemy Chic family, I am back with one of my amazing, extraordinaire Alchemy Chic influencers of the day. This young lady I have actually known for a very, very long time, since about 2001. Uh, We actually went to college together, and she was one of the very few people that had faith in me from the very beginning uh, with doing her hair. And she's been with me. We've gone through every kind of life growth expectancy you could possibly imagine graduation marriage babies um the whole gambit and i just i adore this woman because she is one of the people who gives it to me straight um <laughs> uh, she definitely has been one of my biggest supporters and encouragers and because of what she does as an occupation is something that i feel like we are tremendously um lacking the knowledge of and lacking the compassion and understanding of a community that I feel is well underserved. Um, and I wanted to bring her on because she's just a very unique person altogether, but what she does and how she serves a particular community, I just think is extraordinary. And of course, that is why she is our Alchemy Chic Influencer of the day. Help me welcome to the call, my lovely lady, Holly Jackson. How are you, darling? Hello, I'm wonderful, Rachie. <laughs> I, always, I always text you and say, Rachie, what's up? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Did I miss anything in that intro? Oh, no, it was very, uh, it was very lovely and flowery and humbly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Holly, you have been with me forever and a day, and you have seen me transition through so many things, and I for you as well. Um, yes. But one of the things that I think is so amazing um, is that you are an interpreter for the hearing impaired community. And that is not something that you hear about very often, let alone know someone who is directly in, you know, working within that community. And so I wanted to bring you on so you could talk a little bit more about that and what we can do as a community. But first, I just I never knew that that was something that you were very passionate about, but where did that passion come from to serve adults and children with disabilities, particularly the the hearing impaired community? When did that first start for you? You know, it's really interesting. And you know how usually we get drawn to a passion often later in life, after we've gone through high school, after we had to pick a major in college, et cetera. And so it's kind of an oxymoron that we have to choose so early in life what we want to do. Um, My undergrad is in computer science, and that was my first career. I did that for about 10 years. But in high school, I did an internship, and one of my coworkers, while I was a student intern, was deaf. And I would always remember that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so after I graduated college, I ended up taking a little quick summer 
class just to learn really basic uh, ASL, American Sign Language, which we call ASL. And um, still, of course, that 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 um, inkling was within me and it would never just go to sleep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so uh, I continued working in IT, and then I had another um, a- experience uh, with it where I went to church, and um, the sign language interpreter at the front just, I was just so moved by it. And it was that moment where I said, okay, that's it. I need to do something. Um, and so within a month, I was registered. I had applied to the college, registered for classes, and I started like two months later from that moment. And so I just told myself at that point, I was 28, I believe. I told myself, or 27, or 26, I don't remember. But anyway, I told myself I would just keep going as long as I naturally, you know, uh, had the passion to do so. And I never stopped. So, so... I guess that kind of really leads into the next thing of, of your faith encouraging you um, to be that additional form of communication for the hearing impaired. But in what ways has it, I don't want to say tested your faith, but stretched your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you make a good point. And, and I just want to add real quick, you know, the passion also came from the, these different instances where I either came in contact with a deaf or hard of hearing person or the language and I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I didn't like. And so that's where the passion grew. I wanted to be able to do something mm-hmm. anyway. Um, the faith, you know, transitioning careers, um, takes a lot of faith because yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as, it does. Right. especially in adulthood, when you kind of, you know, I was married at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, was pregnant with my first and only child at 28. And, uh, you know, I mean, you have a house, you have bills, you have a life, you have, you know, various things going on. And so that, you know, creates a, a huge set of challenges that trying to kind of go back and do something that we we think, of course, that we usually have a natural path to at 18 with mm-hmm. the, the, the minimal stress, the minimal, you know, bills, the minimal responsibilities, et cetera. And so it does take a lot of faith, a lot of courage, a lot of support, a lot of perseverance, um, you know, to make those shifts. And even I know, you know, with you, even when you go from working in a salon to uh, branching out on your own, you know, as a full entrepreneur, businesswoman, um, owning and handling and managing everything on your own. And so these things take a lot of faith. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. So I know in terms of, I, I would, and then please let me know if my assumption is wrong here, but I would only assume that learning to sign is the, in terms of like learning how to do it fluently, is about the same as learning a new language. So how long did that take you, or is it the same? I think you're on the right path with that. Um, I remember when I did my first sign language interpreting uh, program, which was about two years. Well, that was after I took a semester of classes, um, Mm -hmm. or almost a year of, of, of language courses, and then the interpreting program, because those are two distinct skills, language fluency and then interpreting, which is based on being fluent in some languages first. But um, so, you know, I remember hearing from an instructor, it takes about seven to 10 years to develop 
uh, fluency in a second language. And that's across the board. American Sign Language is a signed language, not a spoken language. But that does go across the board for any second language that you're trying to learn. And I've found that to be true. I've actually, it's been 11 years since I stepped foot into my very first American Sign Language class at Georgia Perimeter College, which is now Perimeter College under Georgia State University. And so I find that to be true. I am at, you know, a a point where I do have a very, very strong level of fluency. And I've had that, um, this level of fluency I've had for a few years now, uh, but it really is a a process and it's, it's nothing that you can rush. It just takes time. And, you know, a great comparison is, Look at a uh, five-year-old, a two-year-old, a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, and look at how they use language. And you can see very clearly the developmental stage, stages. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, okay, so let me just, let me just try to dig into uh, your memory bank for just a moment. (laughs) So the moment where you were amazed at the fact that you did not have to really think about what you were what you were doing in that motion, but you were just living in it and going and flowing through it. Describe to me what that moment felt like. You mean with using the language? Yes. With using the language and actually interpreting for someone. What did that moment feel like where you just knew like, Oh, I got this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? Um, We actually have a term for that in our field as interpreters and we call it the zone. And it's almost like you enter this space of, um, utopian or, you know, it's almost like you're on cloud nine, you're flying, you're, you know what I mean? You, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's surreal. And it's like, you are nailing every single, um, interpretation, you know, from the speaker and putting it out to your consumer and everyone's vibing. They are fully, you know, comprehending your language and you are just nailing it. And it it is a great feeling. And I mean, you know, on a day-to-day basis, I I have, um, I have, uh, you know, different uh, things that will remind me. Um, They honestly, they, they really just jolt me back to gratefulness because Mm. uh, you know, there's a pot, there's this meme that says, um, I remember the days I prayed for what I have now. Yeah, I, I yes, hold yes, that yes. one. Oh, I hold. I, I, I keep that one. You know, when we go through tough times, of course, we, uh, you know, it's it's very humbling, and we, we, it just brings us to a space of of not taking everything for granted just so much. And you know, I am very, very grateful for where I am, and I'm very aware of what it took to get here, and yeah. still striving. I don't, you know, I feel like I'm always striving. I'm a lifelong learner. I love to learn. So there is no uh, destination. We are just continuing to to be better. Yes, yes. So the opposite of that, (laughs) and this is Mm -hmm. completely off of anything I emailed you, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but the opposite of that is, was there a time where you kind of bombed and you were like, oh, like this really sucks? Oh, Uh, absolutely. What did that, what did that, how did that take you through that motion of like, did I... Am I doing the right thing? Right. <laughs> when you had those questions and those doubts, how did you work through that? 
You know, there was also a time where um, you you start to second guess yourself because seven to 10 years is such a long time frame for developing a really solid, strong level of fluency um, in a language. Uh, you can really second guess yourself, you know, throughout that entire process. And you just, am I cut out for this? You know, um, should I just throw in the towel? Am I wasting my time? Do I need to just move on to something else? And uh, really, it's, it's, it's a combination of things. It's absolutely my faith. It is um, uh, my support system, uh, mm-hmm. which includes those, you know, family and friends and those who don't know um, the ins and outs of what I do, but they believe in me and they, you know, encourage me to persevere and to, you know, you know, all of those things. And then it's also my support system who does know what I do. You know, mm-hmm. I have a support system. I have mentors. I have great friends and colleagues. And and because our because the deaf and interpreting community is so small, you know, they say small world. We make a joke in our community. It's like quadruple small. I mean, <laughs> tiny, know, tiny. Oh, very. Yes. So, I mean, we know an inter- we know people all across the country, you know, by names easily or, you know, you know, there's about two degrees of separation with our community. Oh, wow. And so and so, you know, yeah, I have some great supporters in my field and and it's important and we use them to debrief, to, um, you know, to confide in and, and they help to encourage us because they get what we do. And, you know, in this field, we, we, we oftentimes are, are, are pretty strong perfectionists because we care so much about delivering this, you know, this transfer of, of communication. And we get to see very immediately our success and our uh, missing the mark. And so we can be very hard on ourselves. And I'm grateful for the support system that I have. And I've also, I will say, I put in a lot of hard work to uh, personally to learn to to. To, to engage in more positive self-talk and for that to be habitual because mm. we break ourselves down, you know, and especially as women, it's just tough for us. And so I have worked very, <laughs> I put in a lot of, of work, yeah, to, for that to become routine for me, to, to bounce back, to po- give myself positive self-talk and, and, and work through those situations as well. So would you say that was something that doing what you do has changed you the most in that way? Or are there other ways where it has really completely changed who you are? Well, you know, this interpreting and, uh, well, yeah, you know, my career has definitely played its role in, in, in that. But other things in my personal life have too. you know, going through a, di- a divorce was very challenging um, and just various things in life. But I have used all of them, you know, to the best of my ability to, to grow from it in a, in a good way. So in terms of like, when you were going through your divorce, cause I know you talked about gratitude, if you don't mind sharing, um, holding on to that gratitude, was that something that kept you strong during that time also? You know, it's something that I developed during that time. You know, oh, we nice. talk, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we, you know, we hear these, these stories about, where you just, you're, you're so heavy that you just surrender and give up. So whatever's going to be, it's going to be, and I'm going to surrender to my faith. And, uh, you know, I, I can't keep trying to control things. And so I really developed that as a means of learning to survive. And then it transitioned to thriving. That is so beautiful. 
Yeah. You know, the, 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 my, my, and Rachel, you and I have talked about this, you know, just in the, in the salon privately and as friends and stuff, but, um, you know, my divorce, it was very, very painful for me. And, um, I, I, you know, have, have done my fair share of, of, you know, tears and beating myself up and all of these things that we do that are very common to, in our journey as women and whether it's a marriage or not, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's a divorce or something else. But um, I just yeah, I just had to learn to to uh, be more present. And that really reduced a lot of fear that I was yes. experiencing, a lot of anxiety. Oh yes. 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 You know, I, you know, I you are my tribe in that regard, girl. Yes. When you're yes. present, you reduce the anxiety and fear. Yes. Um, and it works, doesn't it? It's it does. Real. It really does. When you bring yourself back. And I, I could definitely still get to those points where I'm high anxiety or, you know, feeling me very too. fearful. But when you when you are in the practice of, okay, let me get back to gratitude. Let me get back to being in the present moment. It really does make a difference. It does. Let me tell you my mantra. It's been for the past couple of years. I started it. And I even have it posted on my mirror. It says, be present, be grateful. Yes. And that is a great mantra. (laughs) That is definitely some words to live by. So in terms of being present and being grateful with the community that you are surrounded by and that you contribute to, what has amazed you the most about that community? It is their... It's the people. It's their resiliency, their their joy, <laughs> their wow. joy, and their trust. Um, their trust in me, which you know we take very seriously. I'd like to think, um, just you know, naturally we 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 hold that dear because we don't know. You know, you and I, Rachel, we don't know what that feels like to have to go through another person and trust that they're saying what we're saying and what we right. mean. Right, right. And, 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 and we interpret can never, it with the intention that we mean. Right. You yeah. know, and so when you use a specific word and you want that word used, that doesn't always happen in the interpreting process, you know, because of how it works and we interpret the intent and meaning. And so, you know, the languages are different. There are different vocabulary words, et cetera. And so, um, you know, a lot of just a lot of yeah, different um factors into that process. So, you know, there's a lot of trust and it's something that we constantly have to be reminded of. And, um, but anyway, their resiliency, but their joy, I can't tell you 99% of the time, my interactions with my consumers, um, when they end, they say, they have a smile and say, thank you. Even if the, 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 uh, whatever was communicated previously between that, that consumer uh, well, both of them are my consumers, the deaf and the people who are not deaf. But anyway, even if that situation didn't yield the best news, they always end with a smile and a thank you. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. And it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty touching. Um, I don't leave many days. Um, you know, usually when I leave work, I, I'm, I feel better. So with that, in terms of like, because you spoke briefly about you and I and the general population not knowing what that is, but how can we as a people, like, what do we need to know to learn and to learn most about the hearing impaired community and how can we help? 
Sure. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, let me start by mentioning one thing that I didn't catch you on earlier. Um, and I just decided to kind of wait. I knew we would get to this place in the conversation. Um, but for one, let me just um, hip you all to the best nomenclature for referring to this population. Um, it's not hearing impaired. It's not handicapped. It's not disabled. But instead, it, they like to just be referred to as what they are, deaf. That's D-E-A-F, oh, as in, okay. as in uh, foxtrot. Not, uh, a, a lot of people make the mistake of saying death like died, death, um, yes. and, and, and yes. please be careful because I, uh, iMessage can autocorrect death with an F as in Foxtrot to death, like, they, yes. like they're dead and not alive, and they're very much so alive. And see uh, that, thank you for that, for even just mm -hmm. that right there, because I always thought death would have been like almost dismissive, but that's what, that's what they just prefer. Right. A lot of people feel uncomfortable with that. And that's why, as with anything, when we know better, we do better. Do better. We can yeah. do better. They like to just be called deaf um, and are hard of hearing. Uh, and deaf, just so you know, there are two different deaf um, individuals. There's a big D and a little D, and that refers to a lowercase D and a capital D. Um, capital D represents a deaf person who identifies culturally as deaf. A, a lowercase d is a person who is audiologically deaf, but they're not intertwined with the deaf community. See, the deaf community includes a strong um, um, uh, adoration, if you will, and love for their language um, and, and a lot of different cultural values that make up a culture that, mm. that make them, uh, you know, um, similar you know, in, in, in various ways. But, you know, um, handicapped and, and hearing impaired are terms that come from a pathological uh, or medical perspective, whereas deaf and hard of hearing are cultural terms. Gotcha. And so, yeah. And so with deaf and hard of hearing uh, folks, they, you know, they, most of them, they're, it's not a learning disability. It's not a mental disability. It's just simply lack of access to language. Mm. So, so if the predominant language were ASL, then you'd see them flourish and in so many more ways than what you can already see. But it's a lack of access. The, there aren't that many people that, you know, are fluent in ASL, let alone in all these different domains, you know, where they can just go off and do whatever and be whatever. So the access is what creates, um, you know, the, the, the barriers and the marginalization. Uh, there are many deaf successful people, actors, lawyers, uh, my mm -hmm. friend, a good friend of mine from grad school, uh, both of her parents are deaf. And uh, one of them is a Tony Award winner from traveling with the National Theater of the Deaf back in the 70s. Oh, awesome. um, you know, there are PhD deaf folks. There are doctors there. I mean, they run the gamut. They really do. <laughs> Politicians. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so thank you for that, because I like I mean, like you said, once we know better, we do better because I, I was saying before hearing impaired and disabilities and things like that. But I, I just assumed, which is why you don't make assumptions, that saying deaf would have been dismissive or even belittling, which I don't know why I would think that because I don't I don't experience or 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 even know what that's like to live in 
you know, with that kind of um, perspective. So my assumption was completely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you for, for giving that distinction, because I don't think any of us even know how to even approach that. Um, just on a very basic level, let alone considering, you know, what their perspective is. Right. And you know what? It it happens because we mean well. Uh, We live in a society, of course, where we're constantly filtering everything that we do and say to make sure that it comes, that it is received in a positive light, political correctness, although we're taking a shift in our society away from political correctness and more honesty, but whatever the case, um, (laughs) you know, well, you know, which, which has its pros and cons for sure. But anyway, um, right. And so, I mean, I completely understand what you mean, right. You know, when we don't know, we just try to find the most civil, most politically correct thing that we think is okay. And we just don't know. That's all. Right. Right. It's, it's, you know, it's ignorance, but ignorance has such a negative spin. It's just, unawareness it's just unawareness yeah 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 so in terms of like because I'm I'm, I can only imagine that you know being able to do what you do um and like you said being able to use a language and for them to just say thank you regardless of what the information that you're interpreting is um what can you teach us about the compassion it takes to serve others not just in the deaf community, but just what you have learned about serving others through what you do. What can you teach us about how to develop that compassion and what it'll take and how it can change you just to simply serve other people? You know, it it really takes passion, meaning not faking what you do, not faking that you like it, but it's really coming from the heart that you sincerely do enjoy and and love what you do. That passion Mm -hmm. takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of um, self-awareness and being open to that journey of self-awareness. There's there are power differentials and bias in everything that we do um, as people. And when you can, uh, you know, when you can delve into that and it can be very uncomfortable, but I, I have to be very self-aware and, and constantly, you know, on that journey of, mm-hmm. of self-aware, continued self-awareness um, to ensure that my power doesn't take over their power because I'm speaking for them. So do you know how much power I have just in even tweaking one word? And I don't Mm -hmm. mean one word um, with ill intent, but at the end of the day, you know, it could be something that's so simple and that I mean well, but at the end of the day, did I choose that or did I let them choose that? Right, right. So learning how to learning how to be humble at all times, really, and yes, put others yes. before yourself at all times. Yes, and I mean yeah. it's a balancing act. Don't get me wrong, because we do mean well, but yeah, it's it's you know it takes a lot of humility, patience, passion, um, you know that self awareness and being open to that. That can be sometimes tough for us to turn turn the finger to self and 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 do some of that self analysis. Uh, so that we can be better in what we do and how we serve others. And also, wait a minute, and also, you know, a, a big thing in serving others, I used to always say, I don't know how people in social work can do their job 
because I don't have the, um, uh, I mean, I would just beat myself up too much. I'd go home crying every day, hearing about these unfortunate situations. And I just, just think, I don't know how they do it. I really yeah. don't. Children, yeah. children, you know, without homes and defects and yada, yada, yada. And I know that, that some people may think that my position fits into that domain of social work. And so a big piece to it that's very important, uh, which which I hope those in social work and those types of domains know, is self-care. Yeah. So so how so how has God, because we've talked a lot about your faith mm-hmm. um, with this, but I do believe that sometime God will show you you through your actions every day if you really pay attention uh so how has god shown you or taught you how to love un- unconditionally through the deaf community yeah um i think that i am always learning and i'm always getting checked you will and i yes. and i love it i love it yes I'm always yes. getting checked on my own bias and my prejudgment and it's you know that's through my day-to-day work and then that helps me as a person as well and so you know it, it just is always encouraging me to see the depth of beauty and possibility in each individual and not the opposite mm-hmm. incapability ignorance um you know judging people surface, you know, on a surface level. And so just always striving to, to get better in that area, because really we live in a society that perpetuates the opposite. So we're basically massaging the society massages us to prejudge, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and and to, um, you know, judge there on a very surface level. And, and so it's constantly combating that, you know, um, to move away from that. Yeah. So in this, in this, you, you growing and doing, and, you know, getting to the point where you feel like you are in the zone and (laughs) all of this, but do you feel like you are moving towards or living in your purpose? I do. I do. Um, and that's in my career and in my life through everything that I've been through, um, right. All the deserts, all the challenges and just, you know, all the, 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 the things we face that challenge us to persevere and to develop our resiliency and thick skin. And, you know, I love what I do. Uh, the people I meet, the places I go, the things I see, um, I am humbled to have this um, career and to be trusted by my consumers mm-hmm. and my customers, and I'm grateful for that. And um, so my answer to you is to that question is yes, at least for now, because the present is all that matters. Oh, that is so beautiful. I could not have ended on a more beautiful note, I swear. That was perfect. <laughs> Um, so thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing some really insightful perspectives. I really appreciate you for doing this. Um, if someone did have any further questions, is there a way that they can contact you if they have additional questions? Absolutely. Um, you can email me 
at H B as in boy J interpreting at gmail.com. And let me spell interpreting because uh, as funny as it is, it often gets misspelled, misinterpreted, misspelled. <laughs> uh, at, it's H-B-J-I-N-T-E-R-P-R-E-T-I-N-G. H-B-J interpreting at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Um, okay, Alchemy Chic family, you guys know how this works. If you hear Holly's story and you would like to educate your friends and family on the deaf community and how they can help and what we can do to rally around and support anyone who is contributing to this community, please share this episode with at least five people. Um, and I would just like to say uh, a, another thank you, Holly, because really and truly, I legit learned so much (laughs) in this so thank you for coming on and being the alchemy chic influencer of the day and so ladies you all know how it goes we are ordinary women doing extraordinary things until next time keep loving on yourself all right thanks guys bye